It's 12 minutes after the hour 4. In case you've just tuned in, it is Radio Veritas 576am. It's that station that gives you the good news and the good music for a change. Welcome to another edition of Changing Gear. It's Monday the 15th of January 2018. It's welcome back to reality. Most people have gone back to 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 to, to work. Most people have gone back to work, and I know people are still struggling uh, to 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 get adjusted. But hey, you get there one day at a time. A big thank you to Nosipo Khatebe who's been keeping us updated of uh, the news in the church and around the world and what's been happening. And a big thank you to Mr. Khanya Litabe who's been sitting in between one and four. It's a pick me up Monday, hey? I think we all need to be picked up. And uh, we started the show by Lira, who was saying, let they be light. I think we are breathing those words into 2018. We are praying that our lives should be full of light. And therefore, we have no space for darkness. And I just want you to take a few moments and just breathe the air and say, let they be light. Let they be light in your family. Let they be light at work. Let they be light in your car as you drive home please take it easy respect other road users and please do not be reckless on our roads coming up in the first hour of this show we're going to try and understand uh, there are two things that we're going to try and understand there is the pope's visit that is currently happening now in chile and peru and we're going to we're going to try and understand uh, what's happening and why all of a sudden the pope is in this part of the world then we are not going to uh, to spend a lot of time on that then we're also going to talk about this whole h&m thing that has been happening i'm sure you've been following social media and the news reports about uh, this chain store in south africa that has been affected uh, with uh, some racial slurs and then we'll actually try and uh, get some comments it's, it's very interesting to hear to, to find out that uh, it's still issue, it's, there's still issues for us here in South Africa, uh, issues of race and issues of rac racial tensions, so we'll get, get uh, short left in that in the next hour of this show, we are going to um, also discuss the, the, the novena of Benedict Daswa that is taking place. And that will be starting in a few days. And I'm going to really encourage you to, to participate in this Daswa because I've prayed to Daswa. Oh, yeah, Sebenza, oh, Daswa. Buzani, me, Naminanga, Sebenza, no Daswa. Daswa has really done miracles and I've received a few miracles from Mudaswa. And uh, we're going to close the show with a segment on our health and wellness by Dr. Lona Maputuma. And today we talk about Listeria. So allow me to take you home and allow me to be your uninvited guest as, uh, as you prepare your supper, your dinner, and um, as you wind up your day. It's a pick-me-up Monday, and so there is room for joy. There is room for grace. Do not touch that dial. It's 20 minutes after the hour four, and if you've just tuned in, it is Radio Veritas, 5, 7, 6 a.m. It's that Catholic station that gives you the good news and the good music for a change. We're coming to you live all the way from the city of Ekuruleni in Edenville, and that was Deborah and David Masonto saying, saying, I have forgiven you, and she says, the two of them actually said, I've given it all up to the Lord, and it's now in God's hands, but nah, I've moved on, so you know what, let's move on. A song that is very appropriate for 2018. I think it's about time that we just bury all those grudges that we've been burying, what did not happen, what happened and uh, we join Deborah and David Masonda saying because it is a new year. It's a pick-me-up Monday and uh, I'm going to be joined on the line shortly by Father Anton Egan 
who is a member of the Jesuit Institute. Father Anton, good afternoon and welcome. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? I am blessed. I am blessed. And compliments of the season to you, by the way. And to you. And to you. It's, it's, is it a bit too late to say compliments? <laughs> Never too late. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anthony, we, we've just heard of this uh, trip, a pastoral trip that uh, the Holy Father is on. He's on his way to Chile and he will also be making a stop in Peru. Now, I'd like us to, to just talk about that. What, what, what is happening there? Well, I think, it's, um, I think it's a pastoral visit. You know, the Pope does these his global visits, so I think we should we should see it primarily as him just visiting the local church and uh, and going on, going on walkabout with with the local church people. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I mean, there may be other issues as well in in um, in Latin America at the moment. Yeah, I mean, my sense my sense is that I've certainly from what I've heard recently from someone who has been in uh, Brazil for three years, that what they are finding is places like Chile and Brazil, Argentina, are rapidly secularizing, so it may be a response to that as well. Okay, 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 okay. What do you think are some of the challenges, uh, besides the one of secularization that you've just mentioned, that the local church is facing in, in, in that part of the world? Well, I suppose it's always the question of how to deal with, you know, modernizing and, and responding to various um, developments in, in, in local politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, in many respects, I suppose, the politics of Chile is a lot more stable now than than the politics of, of the Pope's own country, Argentina. Mm-hmm. Um, it's had a very stable sort of transition to democracy in the 80s. And it's it's stabilized. I mean, obviously, economy goes up and down, but my sense is that the country is is, is functioning well. I don't know that. I know that about a few months ago they passed a law in Chile which legalized abortion for uh, cases where the, the 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 woman's life was threatened. Yeah, and I yeah. know parts of the church in, in, in Chile certainly would be fiercely opposed any changes of the law mm-hmm. uh, and uh, perhaps there's a little bit of diplomacy going on between the Pope and the bishops and certainly with the Chilean state on this issue but I, I can't I can't really sort of see any major thing that's going on in Chile at the moment that might be mm-hmm. causing a lot of uh, tension in the local church I and mean, so my sense is that it's primarily a pastoral visit. Do these pastoral visits have an impact? And if if they do, what is the impact? I think it's good for the morale of the church. Um, You know, when when the Pope visits, it's an an occasion for the church to put on a a sort of big, uh, I don't want to say a big show because that sounds too simple, but Mm. you know, it's a kind of spiritual revitalization of the church, mm-hmm. encouraging people to be, you know, more identified with the church and with the church universal rather than perhaps their local parish or local sort of diocese. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is something of great value and importance to, to the church. Okay. And that, you know, it's just to encourage and support and, and, you know, often I think people in, in the church in local places you know, they are all dealing with, with all kinds of things at the grassroots. Mm-hmm. 
and that the Pope comes to visit them and says, you know, I'm with you, and, you know, keep, keep it up, keep going, you know, keep the faith, keep doing your best, uh, as Francis certainly does, yeah. uh, I think he's, he's always a good, you know, boost for, 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 for the Church and for yeah. local Catholics. Mm. Mm. Certainly, wish he'd come and visit South Africa too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we hope in, and we pray that that happens uh, during yeah. his tenure as uh, yeah. the, the, the head of our church. Now, um, we're going to move on to something, uh, Anthony, which has been a very big. It's been it's been a bone of contention over the last uh, two days. Over the weekend, it was the whole. Uh, Donald um, Donald Trump. Don, I almost say Donald Duck, but anyway, Donald President <laughs> Donald Trump yeah. saying Africans are t t t t t t t t, you know. Yeah. And uh, it was a big. It was a. It really rea- uh, evoked lots of reactions, and people actually uh, labeled him as being racist and being uh, xenophobic. Mm. Now, are people overreacting? <laughs> what is going on? Just, just what, what? Share with us your response and your my reaction sense, to that. Yeah, my sense on that is that Trump is being his usual sort of shoot the mouth off without thinking self as usual. He does this all the time, so you know, it's barely it's not surprising. I mean, you know, he doesn't he doesn't seem to be able to keep uh, keep any of his private opinions private. You know, private opinions exist to be kept private, mm. uh, and I think that's certainly a problem. Yes, I think he is xenophobic. Um, racist, perhaps. I mean, I think he just doesn't appreciate the idea of the United States as being a place that that brings a whole lot of people together. This whole multicultural melting pot, whatever, whatever they want to call it. But I mean, that whole American idea of being the sort of country that brings together lots and lots of diverse people mm. into one country. Mm. Uh, and uh, you know, whatever, however we interpret that. That idea, the American idea of, of melting pot and everything being brought together. Yeah. Uh, some people would say, for example, if it really is a case of you know, if people come to America, they assimilate into the American culture and they get used to it. And that's, that's that's the process. But nevertheless, I mean, I, I think it's, it's it's a case. I think once again of xenophobia. Um, he, he he has that rather. He, you know, a lot of American politics is always a sort of a tension between, on one hand, isolationism, mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes xenophobia, and on the other hand, um, a more open and more global vision. Yeah. Um, he's certainly not, you know, representative of all Americans. Certainly, most Americans I know, every time you mention Donald Trump, they just cringe. Okay. You know, I mean, right. he's the most cringeworthy president, I think, for many Americans I know. Mm-hmm. Who represent basically the coasts, the sort of the liberal coasts, but they they would say, yeah, this this man is it's, it's just, you know, he's, he's yeah, I mean, I think calling him Donald Duck would be unfair <laughs> to Donald Duck. <laughs> uh, now, I mean, the, the, I mean, I just I just, I just think he's he's just bad news. I he mean, is he's not a not a, not a pleasant person and not a very um, capable president and. You know, they've had bad ones in the past, but I mean, you have to sort of trawl back to the mid nineteenth century yeah. for some of the real non-entities. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to to get to that. But Anthony, what should be our reaction and response to it then, as as men and women of faith? 
Are we justified in our anger? Are we justified in our disproportionate, um, disproportionate uh, even reactions to? Well, I, I think we should certainly, you know, challenge that kind of language and behavior because I think it is morally unacceptable because it's broad stereotyping of, of various countries and places. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I won't repeat what I heard some Norwegians say about why they wouldn't want to go to the United States and what they call the United States under Trump. Yeah. But, um, but I think what, you know, I think we mustn't, and part of me says, you know, with a guy like that, the more you react to him, the more he seems to enjoy it. Mm. Mm. Uh, you know, perhaps he can go, yes, yes, there, there, you know, you poor silly child and just brush him aside. But I think the deeper question we must ask ourselves, perhaps, and certainly, you know, it's not, not us in South Africa, but perhaps a lot of American Catholics mm-hmm. who voted for him or who promoted him as a as a um, presidential candidate. Yeah. You know, a large chunk, for example, of the American Bishops' Conference yeah. was sympathetic to Donald Trump and the Republican Party mm. on the abortion issue uh, without thinking about the broader issues of about a man who whose personality was already considered a bit strange and had a sort of mercurial temperament and and did not really seem to have any you know, viable policies. Mm. And so the real question is, you know, who do we who do we who do we back and who do we encourage and who do we and how do we, you know, speak to people of faith about how they make the right judgments yeah. criteria for electing leaders. Yeah, yeah. Do, now, we, do we jump on a on a on a on a bandwagon and look around and say, let's see, so and so, so and so, so and so. Yes, no, they're not going to change the law on abortion. No, they won't. No, they won't. Oh yes, oh he's anti-abortion. Okay, we'll choose him without looking at the broader uh, ticket, so, so to speak, yeah. of policies and proposals and things like that. Mm. And that I think is, is what's happened. I mean, people may have voted for him. I mean, look, I mean, he was elected basically because he played a populist uh, game which worked. He managed to bring together a lot of disaffected people from other parts of uh, around the United States mm. and ultimately also um, was able to, in a sense, you know, pull enough people together uh, to, um, you know, to get elected. And that was the problem. If you're the Minister of International Relations, what would you have done? Oh, I mean, I think if you're Minister of International Relations and you're one of the countries that is specifically named, I would I would send a diplomatic note of process mm-hmm. to the U.S. Ambassador or Consul General or whoever it is, just to say this is not acceptable. This is rude. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, if you're if you're not named directly in his, in his diatribes, I mean, you know, just shrug and smile. I mean, I don't know what what I think we we would do in this in this situation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think you know, for example, um, you know, if, if you're my my instinct would be, you know, just to sort of to just shrug, and if anyone asks for comment, just say, "Well, I take it from whence it comes." Okay, now, and, and that is even that's an even more dismissive thing because you're basically saying this man's irrelevant to my world anyway. So, mm. the hell with him. It gets interesting because uh, over the weekend we had the whole H and M drama, where we yes. had. <laughs> 
and it's amazing because there were there were there were there were different reactions and responses to to what was supposed to be a, a racial offensive uh, uh, undertone, or even, I don't think it was even an undertone, but uh, people, yeah. But people were very offended by what was uh, flashed on in front of them. Now, then some people actually say, you know what, black people, you are just being oversensitive. You know, this whole H&M thing. The mother of that boy has no problems with that. And uh, what's your problem? You know, <laughs> it's, 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 it's are, are, we, are we becoming oversensitive? That's the question that I'm asking, uh, Anthony. Are we becoming oversensitive when it comes to issues of race? At what point does it become a racial thing? Look, I mean, you know, it's it's a question of of intent. I mean, you know, with an advert, you often have people deliberately doing doing things to provoke you, uh, and and you know, sometimes the advert's deliberately provocative. Now, I mean, I think it's bad taste. Okay, I mean, the advert is in bad taste. There's no doubt about that. Uh, so my sense would be that you have to, in a sense, try and discern the intent. And I suspect my my biggest question would be why on earth did, did you know we allow that advert to be broadcast in South Africa? Because it wasn't made here, as far as I know. It was made. But where was it made? In Britain, I think. Yeah. That ad. Yeah. So I mean, you know, we you know we should have simply looked at this and said, no, guys, this is silly. This is this is going to be counterproductive. You know, this is the sort of thing that, that generates protests and boycotts and all kinds of weird stuff. But in South Africa, uh, Anthony, it has it has sparked something big, hey, because it triggered a lot of a lot of responses and reactions. And uh, uh, one then thinks, are we far from 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 achieving or attaining that rainbow nation? Mm. Well, the problem with the rainbow image. But the rainbow is basically water vapor, mm-hmm. and often the rainbow is only seen through how you perceive it. So one person sees a rainbow one one way, another sees another way. I think you know it's it's a sort of problem. Um, I think the history is so deeply ingrained, and our concern about race, and it's also linked to the question of inequality, questions of redress, all those kind of things that have never really been addressed. Yeah. Thoroughly, reasonably, carefully, practically looking at not only the uh, what is what is the morally right thing to do and what is the practically right thing to do, and to sort of work out a way of, of reaching some kind of resolution. Mm-hmm. It's it's enough to sort of generate any any kind of reaction like over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So this is this seems to be quite a. Um, uh, I, I think it's just a sign of the times we're in at the moment. You know, I think I don't think we can just wish it all away. And I think we really have to address the question of race. We have to look at the question realistically. Mm-hmm. You know, many of us, I think, grew up in, in, in the world of saying, well, we mustn't, we mustn't even talk about race. We must, we must leave race out. Uh, let's look at it in terms of social class, talk, talk about principles of democracy and freedom and stuff like that. Yeah. But I mean... So much of our history has been based around the way in which ideas of freedom, democracy, rights, privileges, all that stuff Indeed. has been placed on race grounds <laughs> that the concept of race has become so important to us. But <sighs> I think we have to some go face the question. 
Yeah, we are, and uh, uh, Anthony, we are, and actually, uh, the best thing that came out of uh, the conference last year was the the bishops asking the church to start reflecting on those matters and i think mm. uh, um, that's a good step in the right direction father mm. anthony thank you very much for joining us this afternoon and we always it's always an honor to have you on the show and it's a pleasure to talk to you brown have a good afternoon and uh, all the best for 2018 and you if you've just tuned in it is radio veritas 576 a.m it's exactly 22 minutes before the hour five that was father anthony egan from the jesuit institute who was just sharing with us some of his thoughts and reactions and responses to some of the things that have been happening in the past weekend if you're stuck in traffic take it easy and please remember to buckle up and respect other road users do not touch that dial